My name is Cecilia Talbert, and I am joined by my friend and co-host. Hi, this is Lauren Van Loo, and we are Rambling, Rambling Retrospect. Retrospect. <laughs> yep, nailed it. That's good. We're going to keep that one. I like it. I feel so good. <laughs> so for those of you listening out there, this podcast is going to be kind of a look back on things that Laura and I both liked as children, but we're going to look back at them through the eyes of our adultness. And by doing that, we're going to be re-watching some of our favorite childhood shows with you guys and having a listen and review. And we hope you guys enjoy us rambling on about the things that we enjoyed watching. Yeah, so Laura and I decided to start this podcast because one night as we were playing games and chit-chatting, we got into the subject of Sailor Moon and then we couldn't get off the subject. We were just thinking how much fun it would be to re-watch Sailor Moon and be like, how good was this back in the day? And if it still stands up to this day, but not the Japanese version, the 90s. No, I didn't watch the Japanese version as a child. I watched the American version. Oh yeah. The American version, 90s dubbed, edited for Saturday morning before you went to school, ate your cereal. You had to have that good time Sailor Moon morning show for you. Did you watch Sailor Moon on Saturdays? That's when I watched it. When did you watch it? I must have watched it like after all the episodes had premiered, but in succession they showed episodes of Sailor Moon on Toonami. So, like, starting at four, they would have Sailor Moon, and then I can't even remember what else, but I know they had... Do you remember Reboot? No. Okay, get this. I did not have Cartoon Network as a kid, so I think I watched Sailor Moon on a different channel in the mornings. So, I never got to watch that cool shit when I came home from school. That's crazy. I, I wonder what channel you watched it on, then. I didn't have basic cable for a good part of my life, and I'd watch Sailor Moon, I'd watch Digimon after school Digimon, I think I watched on Saturdays. That's so strange. Really? <laughs> Clearly, Sailor Moon was, was a big part of both of our childhoods. What what other things would you say that you were obsessed with? Oh, God. Oh, and for context, Laura and I are both in our late 20s. And so our childhood is like 90s and early 2000s. Most of the things that we're going to be picking are probably going to be in that time span, with a couple exceptions. Yeah, hopefully our listeners can relate to, you know, us being of that age group. It's weird to think that we are in our late 20s and that the things we used to watch when we were younger are seen as old now. Well, we're just entering that phase of our life, I feel like. Not ready for that phase, man. (laughs) It's weird. And I think it hit me earlier because I used to uh, wait on tables and checking people's IDs is upsetting because you're like, what do you mean you were born? in 1999 you can't be old enough to drink now no 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 i'm still 21 i'm not 29 shoot my little sister she just turned 20 she's eight years apart from me we're just gonna be able to drink in a year stop it legally drink not mentally ready for that she should be able to have a fun 21st because hopefully covid times will be over by then but who knows that's the other thing about what's kind of nice about this podcast is because of it being covid time we actually have the time to sit down and watch these kind of shows so that's definitely filling a lot of our free time when we do have it i 
ironically, Cecilia is actually in a completely different state than I am, which makes this even more fun because it'll get us to get together and do something fun like this together while watching some of our favorite shows like Sailor Moon and so on. Yeah, what other things did did you obsess over as as a youngster? Do you mean like besides TV or? Yeah, it could be a little bit of everything. I mean, like I was obsessed with Sailor Moon. Definitely gonna be other shows. Like, there's definitely some iconic shows out there, like from Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney. I mean, we're gonna go all out. Sailor Moon's just the first one we decided to pick because there's so much to it that if you try to rewatch it now with the newer updates, you can see the differences. I think the reason we really started talking about Sailor Moon is because we were both complaining about Sailor Moon Crystal. We both attempted to watch it and stopped. Recommend don't do that. It's weird. I might go back and attempt Crystal. Why? The problem is I like the concept of them sticking closer to the manga, but the animation is all over the place. Couldn't tell that uh, animation to the original series is much better than the newer one, unfortunately. But I definitely have to say anime was a huge influence growing up. Loved playing with Legos, art, that kind of jazz. Huge into music. As far as anime goes, I feel like we got really lucky because especially with like Adult Swim at like midnight or 11, they would switch over doing like anime. Oh yeah, we had some epic anime growing up like Inuyasha, Kenshin. Um... Oh god, there's so many of them. Oh my gosh, speaking of Inuyasha, I looked up because you said the thing about there's a sequel and I looked it up and I'm, I am I don't know how I feel. For you guys out there who watched Inuyasha, they had kids. I mean, that's not super surprising. I think, I don't think I'll watch it. I think I'll read spoilers, but Inuyasha is one of those shows that maybe we could also do an episode on because I remember really liking it when it premiered on Adult Swim, but I kind of look back on it and I'm like, I don't know if I would like it. Like to to keep watching it. Like you didn't watch the whole series like everyone else did. I know I watched a good portion of it and I did watch like the last episode of the final act when they released it because I was like, how does it end? But I don't know if I'd like it as much as I did when it first came out. That's a weird thing about anime. Certain anime that we watched as kids was so epic, but like trying to rewatch it and relate to it now comparing it to certain anime that you can watch now that's recently come out it's on like a different spectrum like some of the anime that is out there now is great but i do feel like like in the early 2000s to like 2010s there was like a weird period of anime it was either really great really raunchy and then there was just really poor anime but i feel like when we were growing up the anime especially like the anime that was on adult swim was very i feel like curated so it was picking out really popular popular and like the best like I watched Cowboy Bebop for the first time on Adult Swim and it blew my mind yeah and that's an epic anime and people still love watching it to this day I watched uh, Trigon that was really good I tried to get into that Trigon is so good I can see how if you only do a couple episodes maybe you wouldn't be as into it but it reminds me a lot of Cowboy Bebop in the way that the actual like story thread is kind of buried and the longer you watch the more you actually learn about what's going on. See, I was a full metal girl. Full metal was good. Did you watch Brotherhood? Yes. And what was so nice about Brotherhood, besides just like the art of it and everything like that, is they really did focus more on the story of the manga, which I do love the original because it kind of condensed it all because there's a lot in that. Like the manga's huge, but it was really kind of nice how they finally portrayed the whole series. There was just so many characters. So much story. Yeah, I liked Brotherhood a lot. The memes from that show. Oh my god. I totally had a thing for Edward. Love him. Don't know why. He was short, but I loved him. So I was obsessed with Sailor Moon. I was super obsessed with Rugrats. Why? I don't know. 
know. It's just one of those things that I just really liked as a kid. It was popular. It was, I think, probably the most popular show. I mean, I also liked Thumbelina as a kid, and that movie is garbage fire. <laughs> but it's so worth the watch. And I realized when my um, nephews and nieces were growing up is... Kids just have so much more tolerance for just garbage. It also helps when there's music. Anytime there's music, it makes things 100% better. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon. I would say I watched less of Cartoon Network, but I still watched a good amount. I watched a lot of TV as a child, and I watched hardly any Disney Channel until I think middle school, because I think up until that point, we just didn't have Disney Channel. I think they made it more accessible. I think it was like a paid prescription for a minute um, in the early 90s, and then it became accessible in the like middle to late 90s. We had more than basic cable, but I think we had like up to channel 60, and then Disney Channel was like 64. Oh, can't go past 64. It's like we had cable plus. But to get Disney, you need Cable Plus Plus. Another big thing that probably influences both was video games. I would say they probably influenced you more because at least in in the Tolbert house, we would get a system. Like we had like a decent amount of systems. And I remember when my dad got us a PS2, but it was more of everybody gets one game and then we never got new games. So except for we had a Super Nintendo that we had a ton of games for. That's cool. At least you grew up with the Super Nintendo. I mean, that says something. But it was definitely one of those things that up until, I would probably say up until Kingdom Hearts came out, for the most part, the only games that we were playing were probably like Mario and Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. And I don't remember when Battlefront came out, the first one. Oh, that was in the, around the 2000s. Battlefront 1 and 2, we played, we played so much we broke our discs. Up until like when Kingdom Hearts came out and I realized how immersive games could be. Just kind of playing like platformy games, like level-based games. So tell me about video games, because it sounds like you probably played a lot more than I did. Oh yeah, like my that was my dad's fault, because we've always had a Sega when I was growing up. So I had the Sonic, I had the Latin, I had the Simba game, which I still haven't to this day beaten, because I always get stuck at the same spot. But those were some of the best systems, and I grew up always having at least one system. But I would never have, like, the newest one. My favorite system, though, would have had to have been the 64. Because I had the Zeldas. Zelda is my favorite game. I didn't get to play Zelda until um, Breath of the Wild came out. What? We had a Nintendo 64 and we had three games for it. Because we weren't poor by any means. Growing up, I feel like we had more money than what we actually did. But now looking back, I'm like, it makes sense why when my dad would get us something for Christmas, like a system, we would each get, get to go to the store and get a game and then we never really got any more games. We've been friends for how long? And you never told me. It's not that I was hiding it. I just don't think it ever came up. I'm worried that Zelda, for me, might be kind of like how it's been for me trying to revisit the older Final Fantasy games where the graphics are so bad. I know the story is supposed to be good, like 7. As someone who did not play it when I was younger or when it came out, I tried to go back and play it. And the graphics drive me so... I just can't. I just stopped because I was like, I can't do it. I'd rather just go play Donkey Kong. See, I don't really even notice the graphics just because I think I've played it so much. That and Majora, it's just a second nature to me. Like, I remember I actually, it was my my seventh or eighth birthday. 
it might have been my seventh or eighth birthday i can't remember that was what i was gifted at we had a my birthday party at the skate park i had a really cool rainbowish cake and my parents got me a 64 with Donkey Kong in it. Donkey Kong 64. And best gift ever. Well, not best gift ever, but it was up there. Um, that was, mm, I still have that 64. Actually, I think we have three now, just for backups. But I always grew up with a Nintendo, a Sega, and a PlayStation 2 or PlayStation. So I always had, like, you know, those. But I never, like, grew up with a 360 or anything like that, so I didn't get really into those until, like, later in life in the 20s, which I'm so glad I did, because the games, Bioshock, and Borderlands, and oh, the art in them. I'm kind of the same, because we got the PlayStation 2, but then other than that, my dad never bought us a new system, so I got really lucky because I had a friend in high school whose family was pretty well off when he had to get rid of his 360 he just gave it to me which was great it wasn't like new new at that time but it was great because I could play all the games that I just hadn't had a new system to be able to play so yeah I got to play Bioshock Left 4 Dead was a big one I love Left 4 Dead it was so much fun did you ever play Left 4 Dead I have not I have a bunch of games that are still in the containers that I've just not played because I just don't have the time. Yeah, I've realized there are some games I also can't play because I don't have patience. Speaking about nostalgia, is there anything you can think of off the top of your head that you have revisited as an adult that really doesn't hold up? I mean, besides, like, movies? There are a handful of movies that I really liked as a child that now as an adult, they're just really bad. And I wonder if the only reason I liked them so much is because they were mine. So, like, I got them as a present. So, like, Thumbelina loved it. Not very good. I remember Rock-A-Doodle I got as a present. Loved it. So weird. Ah, yes. But yes, definitely would say movies because there were some really bad movies. And that's kind of why we wanted to make the show is like, wow, we appreciated this as a kid so much and fell in love with it. And then rewatching it, it's just like, what was wrong with us back then? Makes question a lot of things. I know I watched like... A lot of these straight-to-DVD movies as a kid, one of them was called The Seventh Brother, and it was about a dog being adopted by a family of bunnies, and it was hella cute. Was it good? I don't think so. Did I name my cat after the dog? Hell yeah, I named a few of them after the dog. His name was Tiny. I still have a cat named Tiny to this day. He's 15 and he's still alive. So... There you go. I, I do those things. But yeah, that's that's one I could think of. So I guess we should talk about Sailor Moon, the reason uh, we decided to do this podcast and the subject of the first episode. We talked vaguely about it, but as a child, what was your history with Sailor Moon? So I was a loner. You know, I was the go-to kid that got bullied in school because I had glasses and stuff like that in the third grade. And here's a quick story. The day I got glasses, third grade this girl who I still hate to this day came up to me and made fun of me calling me four eyes and all that fun stuff she had glasses on I had my cousins I had some friends but not really I just kept them myself and I played with Legos I played with Barbies kept in my room and watched a lot of cartoons mostly in the background it made me feel cool it made me feel pretty just gave me something to be excited about waking up to every morning when I'd get up ready for school, I wanted to be a cool Sailor Scout. Even though I'm not a Sailor Scout, I at least get to watch them still, and sometimes I draw them. I don't know. 
but just they had a lot of personality and they were super fun and they had the strength I know I didn't have growing up I idolized them they let me escape it was nice that's what TV shows were for me. It was an escape. Well, that's nice. So Sailor Moon means a lot to you. I don't know if it's like the most influential show I've watched growing up, but it's definitely one of the tops. Even though like rewatching it, I question why I loved it so much. But I mean, as a kid, it's it's more of like how pretty it was, how unique it was, and how badass it was. It's like you could be like that too. I mean, you never know. I think Sailor Moon's pretty empowering. Look at the heroine. She's like this lazy doofus of a person. She's not always courageous, but she's got a lot of heart and she steps up when it's needed of her. And I think that's why Sailor Mars is probably one of my favorites. Like, she is such a badass and she's so cool. She doesn't take nobody's shit. I think that's why she was my favorite growing up because she was so pretty. Like, I just idolized her growing up. I mean, I love Sailor Moon, but, like, she was my favorite out of all of them. I would say Sailor Moon was probably my favorite, but I had this weird thing when I was younger that, naturally, I have brunette hair, but when I was, like, young, I had blonde hair that, like, got darker over time, and I had blue eyes, so I always loved the characters that were blonde and had blue eyes, because I went, that's me! So, Sailor Moon... I really like Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls. Well, that's understandable. Ooh, that might also be a show we're going to rewatch because Powerpuff Girls was the shit back in the day. Still is, unless you watch the remake. Can't really say much to that. Yeah, I haven't watched the remake. Back to your thing about Sailor Moon. Actually, well, since you asked me the question, how has it influenced you and why is it so important to you? Or was so important to you growing up? I was stupid obsessed with Sailor Moon, like annoyingly obsessed. I feel so bad because I made Riley play Sailor Moon with me all the time. And I don't even think Riley, like I'm sure I made Riley watch some episodes, but I don't think Riley ever really knew what was going on. I remember, I think it was like fourth grade. I think fourth grade is when I got obsessed because it was on at four. That's around the time that like my bus would drop me off after school and I would run home so I wouldn't miss any of it. And I remember when they released, they started releasing merchandise for it in America. They started showing the commercials for the dolls. And they're like, it's going to be at Toys R Us. And my dad took me to Toys R Us every weekend until they were finally in store. Which was funny because my dad was never even going to buy me the dolls. And I never expected him to. I just wanted to see them. That Christmas, and maybe the Christmas after, like all I got was Sailor Moon stuff. Because I was so obsessed they had the manga out at borders when borders was a thing my dad every once in a while would buy me one of them and i never bought them in order it wasn't until i got older and you know had money and was able to go on ebay and like get the books or like i found five of them at a flea market once and it was great what i used to do my friends and i and i've done it with carl is we would go to cons on like special flea market days of cons and just buy that kind of stuff. That's all I would do. I only buy mangas. I had so much. I had all the regular sized American dolls. They also released like a mini doll line in America. I have all those. I have Sailor Chibi Moon's like scepter wand. I have Sailor Moon's scepter. I had all of the movies. 
at one point my dad got me a bunch of VHSs and I was literally, we were just recording the episodes so I could go back and watch them. You know, what's sad is like how hard it is to come by a VCR this day and age. The problem is I'm sure you could find one at like a Goodwill, but if it, is it working? I don't know how much they actually check stuff like that. And if you want to buy one like on eBay or something like that, they're very expensive, which is insane. All the Sailor Moon movies I bought, they were all on VHS. And then I was so sad. I knew there was a fifth season and then they never aired it in America. Wait, they didn't? No, they never aired the last season in America. I don't think I ever knew that. For the longest time, I thought it was because of all the weird themes in the last season. Like the fact that the Starlights are like girls who transform into boys. And the whole, like, last episode where she's just, like, flying around naked. But no, that wasn't the reason. No, the reason was just that whoever had the rights to Sailor Moon, they ended for the company that was dubbing it in America, and they didn't renew it. So they were pretty much just like, we don't want a dubbed version of the last season. And so they're like, well, Americans aren't going to watch Japanese, so they just never showed it. It would have been interesting for them to have done it because I'm wondering how they would have edited it. It would have been a lot of cutting, a lot of PowerPoints. But yeah, since we've both gone over kind of our history with it, should we just jump right in? I'd love that. Generally, before we do a deeper dive, what did you think rewatching Sailor Moon? And for everybody out there listening, the episodes we decided to rewatch were all the episodes where Sailor Scout was introduced. I'll go over the episode titles when we talk about them, but. Generally, was this show what you remembered it being as a child? Hell no. I would have to second that. It's so much hokier, and I haven't necessarily sat down and rewatched it, but I have revisited it a little bit, like, over the years, and I knew going in there were gonna be things I was gonna have problems with, like the voice acting. It's not great. I will say to anybody who is, like, new to Sailor Moon, definitely do not pick up the 90s dub. If anything, rewatch this in Japanese or in the newer version of the Japanese and English dub that just recently came out, like, what, a few years ago? Yeah, don't even touch this. If you want a good thing to laugh at, then yeah, this is worth a watch. Definitely recommend it then. But other than that, don't even tread this water. You're right about watching it in Japanese. I find that the American version, the voice acting doesn't have a lot of energy behind it. So when it's like the mundane scenes of them just kind of at school for a minute, it's kind of boring. Well, even the energy that it does have, it's just like overly empowered. My issue, besides the accents, how bad they are, especially the wonderful English accents. I don't mind that they use accents, but they don't make any sense. Like Molly. Molly's got the weirdest accent. She's like from Boston or something. No, she got a Brooklyn accent. Luna? I don't mind the thought of Luna having like a British accent. Is it British? I think it's supposed to be British. But she has the accent of somebody who is trying to do a British accent for the first time. All the scouts, I feel like, have an almost basic American accent. Except... Amy, for whatever reason. Amy is following along, I feel like, in the Luna train, where it's like a American accent with British flair on it. Oh, the feelings I have. Um, Serena, aka Usagi, her voice. I cannot. You get used to it. They kind of toned down throughout the series, but like this first episode is so bad with the voice acting. And actually, as the series goes on, that we've noticed, 
there's actually some voice actors on here that later in life actually go on to do other voices that some people might know. So it's just like, oh, this is where you started. I'm so sorry. I think I got used to everybody's voice except I mean, Molly's is just terrible all around. Never got used to Molly's voice. But thank God she's not really a main character. Yeah, but we like Molly. Molly's got some problems. But we like Molly. Molly moved on from her dead first love very fast. Yeah, so that happens. I would say overall, I feel like Sailor Moon revisiting it was about what I expected it was going to be. Which was, it wasn't going to be as good as I thought it was when I was young. But I still had a good time. Exactly. I was just going to say, like, it was still fun. Like, it was fun to watch. You still get into it. Like, it's just like, you still love the Sailor Scouts. You even love the villains. They're fun to make fun of with their little crystal ball things and all the, ah, the American things that have been done. I will say the one thing that I just cannot get over of what we have done to this series as a whole is how much we have cut out of it. And how much story is missing. And it's one of those things that I understand, though. I feel like the Japanese show is, I wouldn't say necessarily say darker, but it's it's got some more serious tones to it. And they definitely tone it down for America. And that, to me, is not overly surprising that they decided to do that. And we also have this thing called censorship. It can also be a cultural thing. The one thing that comes to my brain is not that you really see it a lot in Sailor Moon until the last season, but nudity is so different in different cultures. Like, in America... It is more common to see someone die viciously in a movie than to see boobs. Whereas, like, in Europe, nudity is fine, it's accepted, whereas the violence is not. I don't even know what to say about that. That kind of bothers me a little. Well, you know, here in America, we're prudes, except for death, because we love guns. Episode one, A Moon Star is Born. What'd you think? Always worth that rewatch. That theme song is popping. You cannot go wrong with a theme song. Get to find out. Who the Sailor Scout, the main Sailor Scout is. You get to meet Serena. She's a lazy, stupid person who who ends up becoming the most important person on the planet. Here's what gets me. At the beginning, it tells the story of the Moon King. Do you realize how many times they goddamn retell the story of the Moon Kingdom? So you get it here. You get it later when Serena becomes the princess. You get it from the cats, like the episode after. You get it from the hologram. And then, like, you get it, I think, one more time with Beryl. So you get it, like, five or six times throughout the series. And I'm just like, why can't they just tell me the whole story at once instead of telling me little snippets every other episode? I just, it's exhausting. So you get to hear the first retelling of the Moon Kingdom history. That's because they only want you to know some of it every time. But the problem is, I don't mind them, like, doing the history once and then doing it again after, like, the big the big surprise that Serena is the moon princess. Sailor Moon is the moon princess. Shocking. So what are your general comments about this episode? It was so quick. It didn't even feel like an episode. It just happened so, like abruptly and i thought it was a lot longer than what it was yeah i think it's because there aren't any commercials the episodes aren't 30 minutes they're like 20 minutes which is like oh good a third of the show was was commercials when it was on tv oh get this you know going back to what you were saying with the whole oh here's the moon princess and all that they actually showed at the beginning the two cats and the moon queen and then all the sailor scouts and then the princess and then the prince 
and then we're gonna rehash the story all over again. They're like, you have to suspend your disbelief because the fact that Serena is the only person in her whole town that wears her hair the way she wears it and no one can figure out she's Sailor Moon when they all clearly look like the scouts. Can we talk about the PowerPoint cutscenes for all of these episodes? I was just gonna say that! I don't understand why they felt they needed them. Because can't they just go from one image to the next scene? They think kids are gonna get confused. We gotta use the slide and then break it. It's gotta go right to left or it's gotta go up and down. Oh no, it's gotta go sideways. No, it's gotta go circles. It's just bad. I wonder if it's because they're cutting stuff out. They're like, we gotta fill time. Yeah, we need a filler effect. Every time they show the scouts transforming, I'm like, I don't, I've already seen this. This is just your way of not having to do, like, three more minutes of the story. Also, Molly. Poor Molly. And what's the kid's name that hangs out with them that is just there? Melvin. Melvin. What is his game? He's a creepy nerd. All nerds are creepy. Except Amy. I guess Amy's a nerd. But she's a pretty nerd, so it doesn't count. That's so stereotypical. What? The 90s? Stereotypical? That doesn't sound right. But hold up. I mean, these characters are how They are 14? 13? 13 slash 14. They are in 8th grade. They're kids. It doesn't feel like they're 13, 14. I want to know what is in the water in Japan because these like 13 year olds look like they're like 21. Exactly. Except for the Melvin kid with the weird eyes. Like why did they make his eyes like that? The spirals are probably just their stylized way of being like he's got thick ass lenses. Oh and then the bad guy. The Negaverse! The Negaverse. Everything is Nega. It's Negaverse. Gotta have it Nega. And then Queen Barrel is the bad guy. She knows what's going down with her. She's got a ball that she always has floating in the air. She's always moving her hands around it like a witch. None of her subordinates are ever successful. No, they're not. When do you get to the point where you just kind of give up? No, I'm going to wait till the end of the season to actually make an effort. I don't know if it's weird or not, but when I was typing my notes... I misspelled Negaverse, and my computer corrected it correctly to Negaverse, and I was like, what? Your computer knows what's up. I remember the show being funny as a child, but I did not think the humor was going to hold up, but there were some actually, like, pretty funny moments when uh, Luna talks to Serena for the first time, and Serena just turns around, she's like, I'm still asleep, and tries to go back to sleep. She just can't. She's like, yep, I know what's happening, but it's fine. And then, like, after the fact, it's like, oh... She acts like it's no fucking big deal. <sighs> Must just be something growing up in Japan. Also, for some reason I wrote the blonde guy voice actor. Like, his voice. There was something weird about his voice. It was so, it's so familiar when you hear it. He sounds like your everyday anime actor, English voice actor. Did he not end up being anybody? I can't remember if we looked up his voice actor. I think he's in like a lot of games. I just remember there were voice actors like you knew from things that I don't think I I don't think I know any of these voice actors from anything. Yeah, but it was like really obscure and I'm like, I don't know if I'd remember that, but okay. The one thing that really kind of like got to me that I never really took into context, and this is nothing against Japan or anything, it's just I never really thought about it that in detail, but the fact that you can draw the same character and just put the different hair on them or different little bit of a face and it's a completely different character but it's actually the same i almost feel like that's just an animation technique though because i feel like there's a lot of shows that do it 
Yeah, but I never really, like, noticed, noticed it in Sailor Moon until Molly and Sailor Moon were standing next to each other in a scene together in the jewelry store. I can't not notice this throughout the rest of the series. That was pretty much it for the first episode. So we're going Sailor Moon, saves the day, you get to meet Tuxedo Mask. I remember really liking Tuxedo Mask as a child. I was like, he's so cool and he always saves her. He is like the most pointless person. He doesn't have, at least in the anime, he doesn't have any powers. Like, he, he just throws flowers at people. You want to know what I wrote about him? Useless. Completely useless. He doesn't really do anything. He's like a distraction technique. He distracts the villain for a second so Sailor Moon can stop crying and actually do her job. We also need to put out the fact that she was like totally okay with the fact that she killed someone. She killed a demon so I think she's fine. She killed like a nega monster. But she was just like oh that's today's work. Let's go back home and go to bed. Do you feel bad when you kill bugs? Sometimes it counts on the bug. Oh I don't. Oh where's your soul? What bugs do you accidentally kill that you are sad about? Sometimes spiders. No no Fuck spiders. They should know not to be in my house. Some spiders aren't bad. I don't like most insects, especially ants. I will say one of the things I do love about the Sailor Moon is the art. Like, I really love the backgrounds and everything like that. Like, it's it's so pretty. Like, the regular scenes, like, it's, like, watercolor looking like, and it's more simplified. But I like how it's, like, pastel and it just kind of, like, it's vibrant at points. I like that effect to it then there's some scenes where the sailor scouts are present it's like did they put a random textured background in there somehow and it's like well there's that lace and it's like why is there this weird bright orange texture background in this one it's just it's so odd you want to know my favorite part of the series is that i completely forgot about the little moral of the episode snippets that i don't think are in the japanese version i think they just threw into the american version every episode in the english dub has a moral and i'm sure the first episode does but i didn't write it down i wrote all the other ones down i didn't write down the moral for the first episode i don't think i did either they're not called morals they're called sailor says it's stupid they should be sailor sayings it's dumb the whole thing the whole concept behind it is dumb the moral for the second episode is do your homework first remember to sleep and you should eat right and sometimes it makes sense for the episode, and then other times, it's just random. Eat your broccoli. Most of them do not reflect the episode. There's only, like, I think, what, one that did that we watched? I mean, I guess the second and the third one do, because the second one's all about Amy being smart, and so it's like, do your homework. Mars comes into the picture in the third one, and the whole thing is that buses have been disappearing because the Nega demons have been stealing them, and the moral is you should take the bus more. I will say, it's so cool watching in the first episode the OG transformation scene, the nostalgia. The transformation scenes as an adult make me uncomfortable. It's like weirdly focused on these 13-year-olds' chests and them being naked. I never thought of it like that. I was just like, oh, look at the pretty colors some of them are quick and you don't really see anything some of them are like look at serena she's floating there naked even though you can't see details because she's like all rainbow colored it gets very tedious when you've seen it there are there are what 40 episodes in the first american season and you've seen it 40 different times i'm like i don't need to watch this again you're literally just using this to kill time. That's the other thing that we realized is there are less episodes of the show in America than there were in the original Japanese. They cut out a lot. Well, 
don't think they cut out too much. There were only six more episodes in the Japanese version. Obviously, they weren't important to the plot, so they were just filler episodes. And all I could think was, couldn't we have taken out more of these goddamn filler episodes? A 40-episode season? But I will have to say for the first episode, it's an interesting introduction to what we'll see as Sailor Moon. Definitely see how much of a child she is and how much she will progress. Negaverse were stopped one more day. That's the other issue I had with Sailor Moon is the characters that were supposed to be men, they would change into women. And you could tell that it should have been that way. They turn a character who is clearly supposed to be gay and they make it a female so they don't have to deal with it. Yeah, there was a lot of that. And they did that a lot with Sailor Moon with the cousins, which are in later seasons. Well, they're not actually cousins, but you get it. And then you definitely see that with some of the bad guys or the henchmen where they're definitely supposed to be guys and they make them girls on purpose because of the way they act in the show. You can just tell that's not supposed to be that way. I don't think you realize it as a kid, but definitely rewatching it, you can see that it just, it, it doesn't make sense. Especially the voice acting with it doesn't help. It was one of those things as a kid though, when I found out that Zozite was supposed to be a man, it was actually like pretty surprising because they draw Zozite pretty feminine. I actually don't mind the female voice actor for Zoazite. I think she's got the funniest laugh. That laugh. I would have preferred to hear it in the male tone, in the male voice. I hated the female voice acting in that as that character. And plus it would have been nice to see it as it was supposed to be done. But I think, you know, watching it as a kid, I would have noticed the difference. Definitely as an adult. Definitely notice the inaccuracies, the issues. And with the first episode, it's just, oh, that's what this is. You definitely need to keep watching because the first episode is just like, eh. That's how I feel at least. I don't ever feel like you can really judge a show on its first episode because there are hardly any shows out there that can actually successfully nail their first episode or even their first season look at parks and rec first season is not great but the rest of it's wonderful even the office is kind of like that too the first season of the office is very mean-spirited Agreed. i don't think i've seen the first season of the office like i tried to watch it and i was just like i'm just gonna skip it and go to the second but parks and rec i watched the first season i actually didn't mind it but i love that show at the same time Computer School Blues. We get to meet Amy slash Sailor Mercury. She's fun. She's smart. She's your healer class. She's like the support character because her powers don't really, at least not in the first season, they don't really do damage. They're just fog. Fog power. Another thing to point out that is so weird to me is the American version actually does a plot summary for the episode you're about to watch before you watch it. And it has to look 90s grade. Also, the Star Wars, I have it here. I will read it to you. From a far away place and time, Earth's greatest adventure is about to begin. Who the hell wrote that? Um, some American. Why? Like, what is the purpose? Is that e- that is not even needed. The only thing I can think of is if they're supposed to be referencing adventure serials. Yeah, Amy's cool. I like Amy. Her voice drives me... I got used to her voice, but her voice, oh, drives me crazy. Hers was the one I could get used to. Uh, overall, this episode, eh, it was fine. You do get Serena's disguise pen, which serves no purpose. I think it's honestly just a way to draw her in a different outfit, so maybe to sell a toy with a different outfit on it. The only reason I could think that she does it is so that she can transform to Sailor Moon right away and nobody knows who she is, as opposed to just turning into Sailor Moon and running into a building where there might not be a problem. But she doesn't use it a lot. She only uses it, I think, in the first part of the first season, and then she kind of stops. What's going on in this episode, we meet Sailor Mercury. She's pretty cool. Nuke in school. 
That's the other thing. Everybody's being shady about her being new and smart, which is mean. And Serena's one of them. And then turns out Emmy's just really cool and nice. And then the Negaverse. And they're trying to take over people's minds through the computer program system. They're trying to give enough energy so that the evil sun demon can come back to life and destroy the Earth. Oh. You see it towards the end, but she's talking about that weird skull thing. That's Queen Metallia, Metallica, I don't know. I completely forgot that she was actually the, like the main villain and Queen Beryl is her right hand. That's why they're trying to steal energy. I had to Google it though because even from rewatching it I couldn't remember why they were trying to get energy. That's not like established at all throughout the series. I think it is but I think the problem is that we skipped around so out of the like 40 episodes in the first season we watched like 9 or 10 of them. Oh yeah good point. I don't remember which of the various Moon Kingdom histories they tell us but they pretty much say that a sun flare came came from the sun and something came out of it and that was the demon that went to the earth and was moon kingdom shit right let's destroy it and then convinced all the earthlings to be like yeah fuck the moon kingdom turns out she actually disguised herself as a superintendent also the pen is a luna pen that's right the luna pen i forgot serena goes in makes herself a superintendent and instead of telling everybody she's just what's going on here while everybody looks dead in the face from the program that is draining their power energy and then amy stands up and is like who are you I guess that's what happens when you send a 13-year-old in who doesn't know anything. That's pretty much what the pen's used for, and it's called a Luna pen, because Luna the cat made it magically come out of a special magic thing she did in the air, because, you know, magic. And then they fight the bad guy in that episode, and then Mercury, well, Amy, her powers, like, come to light, because Luna and Serena thought she was bad. Turns out she's a good person, and she's the second Sailor Scout in the series, so she makes her appearance. They cut to the moral, the Sailor says thing, and Serena just goes, school, what a nuisance. What a good hero this is. But the moral pretty much is, learning can be fun. Give school a chance. It tracks for the episode, because Amy's smart, so it's do your homework, eat right, go to sleep. Episode 7, you get to meet Ray slash Sailor Mars, and she's super cool. Her and Serena end up having a pretty fun dynamic throughout the series. They're pretty much like wobbling sisters who just fight a lot. I will say that Mars's transformation is kind of, I don't know how to put it. Her transformation is the fire rings. No, for Mercury. She just gets covered in bubbles, which makes sense because her attack power is bubbles. But I like that the Sailor Scout transformations are so much shorter. Sailor Moons is unnecessarily long. To be fair, they should show these transformations once or twice and then not show them again because I remember as a child being very annoyed at how often they showed the transformation scenes because it's like a dead stop to the episode. They're like, hey, you know how you have all this rising action? We're gonna stop for two minutes so you can watch these girls put on clothes. And you would think in that time frame the bad guys would be like, oh, I'm gonna stop you mid-transformation and attack. They're just like, ooh, pretty lights. Gotta watch. Pretty much Sailor Mercury's transformation is really simple. It's literally like five seconds. At least the first part. I think they extend it later on. But my issue with it is at the end when she does her weird ass pose. Her pose actually 
actually makes sense because these are like 13 and 14 year olds that don't know how to fight. And so they should have weird, awkward poses. And I guess Mercury's works for her because she's not really the fighter out of them. She's a support class Sailor Scout. So her having a legitimate fighting pose doesn't track. I never thought of it like that. You have a good point. It just looks so weird. Weren't we all awkward at that age? I keep forgetting they're children. <laughs> so Sailor Moon is the sort of leader slash the dipsy one. And then Amy is the smart one. And then I guess Sailor Mars is just the cool one. She got the bronze. But she's not really the bronze. That's Jupiter. Jupiter is like the muscles. And then Venus. Who is Venus? I remember her starting off as really cool when she's Sailor V, but the longer they go in the series, she almost just seems like Sailor Moon version 2. You know what? That's kind of what I was just gonna say. That's kind of exactly what she represents is like a 2.0 of Sailor Moon, which is a little sad because overall she would have been like the better version. That's why if you ever get the chance to check out the live action Sailor Moon show they made in Japan, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, the story overall is a lot more interesting than I think the animated show and the characters are a lot more fleshed out and the dynamics are different, which is interesting. But Venus is much more interesting in that than she is in this show because the only thing she has going for her in the first season is that she was the first Sailor Scout. Which they don't even really touch on a whole lot. In the manga, it's different. She's pretty significant more in there, I think. She's pretty much the same where they keep mentioning Sailor V and then she shows up. The only reason she's more significant in the manga is because they think when she shows up that she's the moon princess. That she's like a decoy so they don't know that Serena is really the moon princess. But that doesn't happen in the show. But yeah, Mars, she's a cool priestess. She randomly attacks girls like Sailor Moon when she gets bad feelings. So that's probably problematic for the temple. For somebody who is so spiritually, like, connected, how long does it take her to realize that Jedi is pure evil? He's working there for, I would guess, at least a week. And it takes until after Sailor Moon is like, there's something weird going on for her to be like, you're right, I'm gonna figure out what the evil is that's around me all the time. The name of this episode is called... An Uncharmed Life, because she has charms. I didn't even realize that was a play on words. And, like, what, the bad guy, he's just like, I'm gonna infiltrate and go stay at- The temple, yeah. Queen Beryl is just like, you're gonna go do your next job, and if you don't do it right, da-da-da-da-da. I mean, this is episode seven, and he still hasn't succeeded at anything, so I don't blame Queen Beryl. She's like, I'm done with your bullshit. This episode is very, very funny. I really love how much of a coward Sailor Moon is. I feel like in this situation, her cowardice is warranted, because the whole point of the episode is that buses that are leaving the temple have been just disappearing. And they think that the Megaverse has something to do with it. And of course they do. I don't know if it's after they visit the temple for the first time or they're just, I think they're going to just check out the bus. It's it's Mercury, uh, Sailor Moon, and Luna. They're like, come on, Serena, get on the bus. And she's like, I refuse to go. And they get mad at her because the bus goes and they're not on it. But I'm kind of agreeing with Serena because they don't have any plan. They're just going to get on this bus, a bus that has been just vanishing. Always a bus full of young girls. Wouldn't you think that that would be a dead giveaway that something's going on? Like, I would think that this would be a bigger issue. That's the weird thing about this episode. It's not like a normal Sailor Moon episode. It's very different. I feel like it's pretty much the same. The only reason there's all those girls on the bus is because all the girls are going to the temple to get love charms. And it's only girls. You don't see any, like, young men or anything like that. Young boys. 
Because what the show is insinuating is that girls are stupid and will do anything to fall in love. Also, Jedi is apparently super hot, so that is also why all the ladies are going there. That's so weird. Plus, you never see his face. Like, how do you know? That's the thing. We know what he looks like. Like, you see him throughout the series. But then, in this episode specifically, you don't see his face. Why? It's obviously him. It's the whole Sailor Moon conundrum again, where it's clearly Serena, but for whatever reason, no one can see it or figure it out. Well, we don't recognize those buns, man. Nobody knows. Oh no, Jedi's doing his thing. Um, it looks like he mind tricks them or something like that. I don't know. It's so weird. He's just a creepy, creepy man who looks like he's in his 30s flirting with 12 year olds and then stealing their energy. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, what the hell? But they're evil, so what do you expect? I don't know how I feel about this episode. Poor Mars with her grandfather. Why poor Mark? She has to take care of her grandpa being, like, definitely going through dementia. Yes. I love the grandpa, though. He's so funny. He is very funny. Also, there's a Karen. Do you remember the Karen in this episode? She's like, where are all the girls? Where's my daughter? I think it's because Sailor Mars is supposed to be able to, like, see the future. And she's like, no, I can't perform on command. Sorry. You would think that, you know, if your daughter's missing, where would you go to report that? Well, maybe she did report it to the police, but the police haven't done anything yet. Yeah, this episode, it was fine. They pretty much went to the Negaverse by jumping into a bus and a portal. Mercury didn't make it. It was only Mars and Sailor Moon made it. So Mars, like, showed herself and was like, I am fire. Well, Ray got kidnapped. Oh yeah, that's what happened. She, like, finally uses her powers to figure out what the evil that's been constantly around her for the week is. And when she finds out it's Jedi, he, like, kidnaps her. Only reason that Sailor Moon is alone is because she went alone to the temple to try to talk to Rey. That's, that's exactly what she did. And then she's like, I'm gonna look in my fire. Well, Sailor Moon decides to get on the bus, and she's like, I'm too afraid to get on the bus with myself. So she turns into a flight attendant for whatever reason. Oh, yeah, she uses the pin. How can I forget? She doesn't even get on the bus. She, she jumps on the back and just holds on as she goes through, like, a portal. I will say, I don't know why, even though we watch this episode i like half remember it because it was just kind of eh episode in my opinion it just wasn't as interesting as the others it just was kind of annoying to me i kept questioning why they just couldn't figure out to stop going to this place and how ray couldn't figure out their shit going on this guy is definitely shady maybe that's why they're not showing his face i think they weren't showing the face to the viewer i'm sure he had a face oh no that's not what i mean you know how it's like we want you to look evil so we're just gonna not show you in a way like we're gonna darken it on purpose even though we already know what you look like i feel like that was the effect they were going with i think the effect was they didn't want the audience to know it was him even though it was clearly him it's so obvious he's one of the only blonde guys in the series besides like the one character that works at the arcade i feel like we should explain all the sailor scouts like all their names they were like we're gonna americanize all the sailor scouts what name should we give them serena amy ray lita and mina and i'm like hardly any of those are american names what are you talking about they're not very common names either i think the 90s was just full of time of weird ass names also i find it very funny that when serena ends up going to the temple with molly molly's like "Ooh, that evil jedi guy he's hot does molly have a thing for evil yeah oh she definitely does she likes the bad boy that's pretty much the episode mars transforms 
kills the monster. They make it back. Tuxedo Mask somehow got through the portal and has all the buses tied together and drives them through, which how do you drive through space? And then they get back and Sailor Mars is a part of the team. Huzzah! The moral is you should take the bus more. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. He tied a bunch of fucking buses together in space and delivered them home. I guess he's not as useless as we thought. He just wasn't there for the rest of the episode. He was just there for those little bits. I just have so many questions now. And I've already seen the episode. Like, it doesn't it doesn't compute in my mind. It doesn't matter. It's just one of those things you look past. Yeah, this is just one of those kind of episodes. I have concerns. <laughs> I still love Mars. Still love her, but oh, this episode was not one of my favorites. I mean, to be fair, thank God these episodes are short. The show is really not that great. I think if I had not seen it as a child, I would not watch the show as an adult. I don't know. I wouldn't mind rewatching it if it was better, like, explained. But since it was, like, dubbed in this way, it ruins it so much, in a way. And it was cut in the way that it was. It just, the story doesn't make a whole lot of sense in a way. But I would definitely rewatch it how it was supposed to be. But at the same time, it's like, that would take so much time. Because there's so many episodes. At least I have a cleaned up version for the anime. Because when it was first released, the animation is really fuzzy. That's the only way I can think of how to describe it. Yeah, it is fuzzy. And they, like, cleaned it up. You can watch it on Hulu. You can watch the Japanese and the, the English dub on Hulu. It's definitely a lot nicer. And the animation for the time was pretty good. There was just, like, certain things here and there you can definitely notice. But overall, it's not terrible for that time. And I, it's still, like, super popular. People love Sailor Moon. I would say it's it's lightly popular in America for those who watch it as children. It is still very popular in Japan. Well, it looks like we just have two more people to talk about. And that would be Venus and Jupiter. Yeah, I guess we're talking about Jupiter's episode. I thought her episode was fun. I mean, once you kind of accept that the show, is, it was not made for a 29-year-old. It was made for, like, a... 10 year old you kind of like just start whatever it's fine some of this doesn't make sense but it's fun and this is what episode 21 in the series jupiter comes thunder again i completely forgot about the rainbow crystals and that being a thing it's such a contrivance just to keep the show going they're like we need to find the rainbow crystals so we can find the silver crystal oh yeah so there's like a whole other storyline that's happening where these other crystals were sent to earth during when all the Moon Kingdom stuff was happening. That kind of gets brought up in this episode, and it's like, oh, that's a thing. They've been searching for the silver crystal. Like, that's Darian's big thing. But the point is supposed to be that the silver crystal, when the queen made sure everybody was reincarnated, and she, like, defeated the Negaverse or sealed them away or whatever it was, she split up the crystal into a bunch of other little crystals. There are, like, seven top Negaverse generals that got sealed away in the crystals. So that is what the uh, rainbow crystals are. And so you get to spend part of this uh, season... Just them tracking down the rainbow crystals. The big point of this episode is that Jupiter uh, likes to get into fights, apparently, according to Serena. She just likes to fight everybody. Selena, she is brand new, transferred from another school because of fighting. And, oh, it starts off with what's-his-face being like, oh, Serena, don't mess with her. She's bad news. And Serena does it anyways, even though she's talking shit about her. And then it's like, oh, you were talking shit about me, weren't you, Serena? And she's like, yeah, but you want to be friends and go to the arcade and eat together? <laughs> you have to admire Serena. 
She'll say the same things to your face that she is saying off in the corner. But they become friends. That's fun. You get to meet. Joe is the guy who's got the rainbow crystal inside of him. Lita falls in love with this guy. She's whole guy crazy. That's like her thing. I think it's cute. Like, I totally saw them as a thing for a second in the episode. I thought No, only Serena can be in a relationship. No? None of them are allowed to be in relationships. That's dumb. Over the course of the series... Do any of them have relationships? No, but they get shipped a lot. One of my favorite scenes from this whole episode is when, um, I can't remember if it's Zoazite herself or, like, a monster attacks Joe, and, like, Jupiter's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess you up, and she takes her earring off and just throws it at her, and then she slaps her, and I'm like, this is great! Girl, hold my earring. This is the, the episode where Serena gets her moon wand that now lets her heal people. Yeah, I will say that was kind of nice, because I'm... Like, throughout the series, I'm just like, they only have one power. That's pretty much how it goes, though, is they get, like, one new attack power each season, and that's about it. But yeah, that's pretty much all that happens in this episode, is that you meet Jupiter. Jupiter likes the arcade guy. They save Joe, she becomes the Sailor Scout, and then she gets a crush on Andy, the the guy who runs the arcade. And that's, that's like, the whole episode. That's it. Yeah, because I guess the guy that she saved was too ordinary. The reason she said she had a crush on him was because he looks like her ex, and then she decided, nah, he doesn't really look like my ex. And then she's like, but Andy does. I'll attach to him. What is this thing with Andy? I mean, he's, I get he's nice. I mean, that's, that's always a plus. I see why they like Andy. Andy is a very attractive, nice young man. Andy gives very good advice. He seems like a nice young man. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, Oh, he's got a job. I wonder if he's, like, older, older, or if he's... I think he's as old as Darian is, so I think he's a senior. But yeah, that's it for this episode. It's fine. I will say, I think this was probably my favorite um, Sailor Scout transformation compared to the others. This one actually had interesting... Like, it looked cool. I loved this one. The other ones were just kind of eh. They're all there to kill time. Yeah, but they're pretty and they're cool. Oh, you do get another good line during the uh, the moral of the story, which is Serena says, Jupiter sure likes to fight. You're so fucking rude. And then what was it? I put on the line and it's like the moral was listen. Which is funny because that is not what Serena does. Like Jupiter keeps saying like, I didn't fight. I didn't get kicked out for fighting. I'm not a fighter. And Serena's like, man, does Jupiter like to fight? I'm like, you are not... You are not taking your own moral. The morals are there, but then the episode shows shows otherwise. And then we get to meet Sailor V in a very strange episode. This episode was weird. Not in a bad way. This was Sailor V makes the scene. And it all had to do with the crystals and tuxedo mask. Like, and this was the whole backstory to, like, them trying to reveal tuxedo mask. Sort of. I mean, he does get unmasked. And for anyone who was stupid enough to not realize it was him, probably a shock. Although I think they pretty much tell you earlier in the season. Because I think they have moments of him going, like, I need to find a silver crystal. But, like, to himself. For some reason, I keep mixing this episode up with the one that where Sailor Moon actually becomes the Moon Princess together. I don't know why. This is the one where there's a fake Sailor Moon because they know Darian has a couple of rainbow crystals and so they're trying to lay a trap for him so they can catch him and get the rainbow crystals from him so they have zoazite pretending to be a fake sailor moon and then they put her in fake danger luckily enough not only does tuxedo mask fall for it but the scouts are just randomly are just walking on the docks and they see it so they all get involved how did i get those two mixed up essentially it doesn't matter except the fact that zoazite stabs 
tuxedo mask, so he's got an injury, and he decides not to go to the hospital. <laughs> and then Sailor V saves all the girls from being squished to death in a mega orb. But yeah, you're right. It was the whole fake Sailor Moon stuff. And the one thing I did note, though, on this is that tuxedo mask, he does not always come. He's not always there. I think he did come out. Like, they're on the orb, and they're like, come out, tuxedo mask, and he does. And then Venus shows up and was like, smash, smash. And then he runs away. So he was there. I was just saying, like, because the whole beginning part is about the uh, fake Sailor Moon thing and them going to figure out what's going on. And then they're the ones who attack it. The only points of this episode are to introduce Venus and to give Darian an injury so that Serena has a reason to get kidnapped along with him in the next episode. Which is sad because her entry... It just wasn't impressive. Oh, I thought it was cool. She wrecked Malachite. They literally took to the last three minutes to show her. That's so dumb. I mean, she doesn't need a full intro episode because it's not her learning she's a sailor scout. She's already been one. It's just her showing up in town to save them. I love Sailor V. She's awesome. I just was kind of expecting a lot more rewatching it. I remember it being more clim- like climactic. Well, I think the only reason it doesn't feel climactic is because you didn't watch, what, this is episode, like, 30? 29? You didn't watch 20 the other episodes where they keep hinting at her and hinting at her and hinting at her. So when she finally shows up, it's like, cool. Whereas opposed to we watched, like, five episodes and then she was there. It'd be so cool if we saw her transformation. We don't get any of that. This is just, like, an intro filler that she exists. Definitely a Sailor Scout. No, you get it. You get it the next episode. Above all, I almost feel like she could be more of a leader than Sailor Moon. And she's more powerful. You could definitely tell that she's been a scout longer because she's better at fighting than the other ones. I know she's got the cat. Sailor Moon's got a cat. Sailor Moon is literally called Sailor Moon. Sailor Venus is called Sailor Venus. Sailor Moon's more got more cool gadgets and fancy things. How did they assume that Sailor V was the princess? They don't think she's a moon princess. I think Luna might is wondering if maybe she is. But they ask her, like, are you the moon princess? And she's like, nope, don't know who the moon princess is. Uh, where in the manga, she's she's got the crescent moon on her head. She thinks she's the moon princess. That's what it is. Because I remember she was huge in the manga. And, like, seeing her in this, I feel like they stumped her. It's like, how do you not know, Sailor Moon, that you could be it? Put two and two together. No one in this town seems very smart. None of them can figure out that the five girls who hang out together are probably those five Sailor Scouts with the same hairstyles. But yeah, so we learned we learned the moral of the episode is that you should eat your vegetables. For that episode, it makes no sense because they literally are put in this bubble of electricity and are being killed until Sailor V comes and rescues them. Sailor V's been eating her broccoli. What kind of moral could go with that? Go to the hospital? Go to the hospital or, like, don't just believe anything blindly. That is all we have for these five episodes. And I would say overall so far, the show is not as great as I remember it being. But I kind of knew that going in because of the fact that I have on occasion gone back and revisited and I kind of knew going in that it wasn't as good as I remembered it being as a child. Yeah, and I will say it was kind of nice to not do this alone. I feel like re-watching this by myself, I don't know, I would have needed to talk about it with someone. Well, good thing we have a podcast. So nice to be able to talk about it because I have so many feelings and I have been triggered so much with this, but I still love it. I will still always have a love. Yeah, I believe that is going to be all for this episode. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in and listening.
listening and listening to us ramble. There's definitely more to come other than just Sailor Moon. This is just the first season that we're going over. So yeah, thanks everybody. Until next time, we'll we'll catch you on the flip side. I don't have an outro. Do you have an outro? I was gonna say over and out. <laughs> yeah, rambling retrospect. Over and out. Bye everybody. Bye.